The attack on author Salman Rushdie this past week was shocking, but it also reminded us that for three decades he's been targeted. In 1989, Iran's Ayatollah Khomeini issued a fatwa on Rushdie, a death sentence, you could say, accusing the author of blasphemy in his famous book, The Satanic Verses. Is this what we have seen this past week? The attempted fulfilment of that fatwa? What is a fatwa? Jan Ali is a senior lecturer in Islam and modernity at Western Sydney University. Fatwa is just a religious edict or a articulation or statement uh, by a Muslim scholar. So it is, if you like, a personal scholarly reasoning about a particular issue. That was issued by Ayatollah Khomeini in reference to Salman Rushdie publishing his book, Satanic Verses. Uh, Why the Satanic Verses? There were some uh, articulations in Salman Rushdie's book in which he said that Prophet Muhammad was associated with the three statues in the Kaaba. So it was seen as blasphemous. Yeah, that was seen as blasphemous because according to Islamic belief, that is not the case. And so to say that was problematic uh, from Islamic perspective generally, but definitely from the perspective of Ayatollah Khomeini. And so something needed to be said or done, if you like. Remind us of that time and why Salman Rushdie, who was well aware of the provocative nature of his work, would have written that and how he defended that at the time. I don't think he deliberately wrote to evoke reactions in Muslim communities or to necessarily deliberately insult Islam. I think he wrote it in the bigger context of Muslim migration to various parts of the world, including the West. And I think it was a small part of his bigger work within Satanic Verses that was actually a focus of attention, thus the fatwa. Mm. You've mentioned that whenever there is an attack or a threatened attack, that the fatwa once again comes to the fore and people talk about that. And there have been attacks on people associated with the book, people either attacked or killed, translators, publishers. So this has been a long-standing and lethal campaign, hasn't it? It has, it has. And that is because what Salman Rushdie wrote or considered to be something bad about Islam and Prophet Muhammad, and therefore anyone associated with that person, uh, by extension, deserves the same plight. And so if Salman Rushdie was to be killed, that would be uh, also applicable to those who support and associate with him. So I think that's why we did have incidences elsewhere where people were killed or threatened or assaulted uh, because of a simple association. What do you think it means now for the future, um, future publishing, people who who may want to make provocative statements or write provocative articles It will continue to generate similar or same kind of reaction. And I think that is unfortunate because the reaction sometimes is not informed by Islam. It is more politically motivated or motivated by other factors other than Mm. religion. And so I'm sure that it will continue to happen, whether it is associated with Salman Rushdie or not. 
because of poor understanding of uh, Islamic teaching. And I think sometimes there can be some knee-jerk reaction on the part of Muslims, and that can create problems. And just on that idea of Islamic teaching and its relationship Mm. to this fatwa, you're talking Mm. about the Ayatollah Khomeini Mm. in 1989, Mm. the supreme leader in Iran. This is Mm. someone who absolutely was decreeing this in the name of Islam. So explain that difference between the political and the religious. Iran is an interesting case in point because religion and politics are combined and so there is no separation in Ayatollah Khomeini at that time and I think any supreme leader since um, is actually representing both the politics of the state as well as the religion and being the supreme leader of Iran at the time he was also supreme leader of Shia Islam. And so with that position or with that role, he was able to issue the fatwa that he did. And just finally, what does this tell us Mm. about Iran and its place in the world today? Because, of course, we know of the ongoing tensions with the United States, but also Iran's rivalry with Saudi Arabia and its influence over the Middle East. What does this tell us about Iran's place and how it sees its place in the world? I would like to unpack it a bit differently, Stan, and what I would say is that this is more about Islam and the West kind of interaction rather than Iran and Muslim countries Mm. such as Saudi Arabia, and where Muslim individuals find themselves. And the guy who actually attacked Salman Rushdie, whether he was an Iranian or not, doesn't really matter. What matters the most is that he's from a Muslim background. That is my understanding. That demonstrates two things for me. One is that his understanding of Islam and the institutional roles played by various key institutions in Islam, particularly in terms of education, what kind of education is available there for individuals to actually then observe the religion of Islam and its uh, precepts. And the other point about this is how Muslims are being treated and their religion, their faith, whether that be in the West or in Muslim countries as well. It is a discussion or debate about education of Muslims themselves, and it is also about a discussion in reference to how Muslims and Islam are treated, whether they be Western-educated Muslims or Westerners themselves. And it is a long, windy debate. That's how I see that. Dr. Jan Ali, Senior Lecturer in Islam and Modernity at the University of Western Sydney. Thank you again for giving us your time. Thank you very much, Stan.